0: I was looking at the main security procedures of uh, Bluetooth.
1: That's Danielle Antoniale. He's from Singapore University of Technology and Design. The research we're discussing today is titled Knob Attack Key Negotiation of Bluetooth Attack Breaking Bluetooth Security.
0: There is a pairing, that is a security procedure that is used to establish like a long term uh, secret between two devices that have never met uh, uh, before. Mm. And uh, then once you pair two devices, you can connect them, right? So Bluetooth is a technology that uses like a pair once, connect multiple times, paradigm. You pair your new pair of uh, headphones with your uh, laptop, and then uh, you pair pair them once, and then you connect them multiple times each time you want to use them. And actually, uh, each time you connect uh, uh, these devices, uh, there is a key negotiation protocol going on that is used by by the devices to negotiate a session key uh, that that might be used for uh, for example for encryption. And then I I had a look at the specification of this uh, of this protocol and uh, there are uh, two main problems in this protocol. Uh, the first problem is that uh, the key negotiation uh, allows the devices to negotiate an entropy value for the for the new session key. And this entropy value can be as low as one byte. And uh, one byte of entropy means that uh, an attacker can brute force uh, the key basically in real time. It has to guess uh, one value uh, in a set of 256 values. So this is the, the first major issue. And the, the second issue of the GIE negotiation uh, of Bluetooth is the fact that the protocol is not uh, protected. It is not uh, integrity protected, and it is not uh, encrypted. And this means that an attacker who is uh, in range, in Bluetooth range, uh, with two victims, two Bluetooth devices that are running this protocol can, uh, first of all, observe the packets, and it can also manipulate the, the content of the of the packet. And uh, given that there is no uh, message integrity check, these packets basically are not authenticated, then the attacker can let any two Bluetooth victim negotiate uh, an encryption key with one, one byte of entropy. Hmm.
1: What is Is there any indication of what the historical reason is for this this uh, key negotiation uh, process where, where they can negotiate the amount of entropy?
0: Uh, well, yeah, the specification is providing two main reasons. The, the first one is to cope with uh, international uh, regulations of cryptographic standards. So, for example, if you want to export some uh, cipher in a different country, you have to cope with the regulation that is in the in that country. And the, the, the second motivation that is given by the uh, specification is to cope with uh, an attacker who has uh, more computation computational power. Uh, but actually, the, the, the specification is not including in the threat model the fact that uh, an attacker can also downgrade the, the entropy through this uh, key negotiation protocol. I guess it was supposed to be used to increase the entropy of the key over the years, but hmm. uh, yeah, but, but an attacker may very well uh, downgrade the entropy of of the, of the encryption key.
1: So help me understand here: if I let's say that, uh, for example, I have paired my uh, my keyboard to my computer. I have a Bluetooth keyboard, and and I've connected it to my computer. And they went through an initial pairing. Uh, routine. Yeah. Um, and the, so in that process, they would have uh, established uh, a certain amount of entropy in their key negotiation. Are, are we correct so far?
0: Well, there is a, a, not really a key negotiation protocol in the pairing phase. The, in the pairing phase, you establish a, a different key that is called the, the link key, that is a long term key. Hmm. And this key has 16 bytes of entropy. And the attacker uh, doesn't have to observe the pairing phase and does not have to possess any information any, any pre-shared secret that resulted from the pairing phase this is the this is an important point that yeah i i tried to explain <laughs> multiple times and also there are some uh, media articles covering the knob the attack and they are uh, reporting that the attack is conducting in the pairing phase while Instead, the attack is conducted in another phase, which is the connection, connection phase, regardless of what was exchanged during the pairing phase.
1: Now, that's interesting because, yeah. uh, I mean, it, does that mean that the the encryption used in the pairing phase
0: doesn't really matter for this attack? Uh, yes, because in the end, in the connection phase, uh, you you are generating a weak key regardless the strength of the uh, key that you uh, had generated previously during pairing. So even if the pairing, uh, even if the key generating while pairing has 16 bytes of entropy, the attacker can downgrade the encryption key, that is a different key, uh, and uh, get a key with one byte of entropy.
1: And that communication is happening in the clear? Yes. And is that a standard for Bluetooth? Is it is it is it possible to communicate using encryption with Bluetooth, or is the standard always have things going back and forth in the clear?
0: Uh, well, so Bluetooth supports a link layer encryption mechanisms, but before activating the encryption, you need an encryption key, hmm. and this is how they decided to design the, the the key negotiation thing. It's not protected, it's not, it's not integrity protected, it is not uh, encrypted, and uh, these are the, the consequences. So let's walk through
1: together what an attack would look like. Again, let's say that, for example, I had a, a Bluetooth keyboard connected to my computer, and uh, you were someone who wanted to uh, get in and, and do the, the bad things you wanted to do. How would you go about doing that?
0: Yeah so the attacker can of course uh, has to be in bluetooth range with the with the two devices and uh, he can start eavesdropping the communications between uh, these two devices and once you uh, try to connect your uh, keyboard with your with your laptop uh, there is this key negotiation going on and the attacker has to uh, intercept the uh, messages that are responsible for this entropy negotiation part of the protocol and the attacker Basically, performs a uh, um, standard then in the middle attack and, uh, and let the two big teams negotiate one byte of entropy.
1: Now, once that has happened, uh, yes. is it possible for the attacker to uh, stay in the middle? For, in other words, I'm using my keyboard and I don't know that there's anything wrong, but you're monitoring everything that I do?
0: Well, yeah, the, the attacker then uh, does not need to stay in the middle because once uh, he uh, lets the, the victim negotiated the low-entropy key, then he has to simply wait and continues dropping the, the packets that will be encrypted with a weak uh, key, and then the attacker can use the ciphertext as an oracle to brute force the key. And once the attacker uh, gets access to the key, then the game is over. The, all the security guarantees provided by Bluetooth and the link layer are defeated. This means that the attacker then can decrypt uh, all the packets that are exchanged between your uh, keyboard and your laptop. And potentially, a, a powerful attacker can also inject valid packets in the, in, the, in the encrypted session. How easy
1: is it to achieve this sort of thing? Is, is is this an easy attack, or does it take quite a bit of work?
0: Well, it depends on the skills of the attacker. Uh, but if, uh, let's say that there is a I don't know, Bluetooth engineer that is... Uh, familiar with uh, testing Bluetooth connections and sending packets, Bluetooth packets, custom Bluetooth packets over the air, I guess that uh, yeah, someone with uh, those skills can pull off the attack. It is a more a matter of engineering effort, I guess.
1: And, and what are the mitigations that are available for this?
0: Well, yeah, we uh, when we did responsible disclosure with the Bluetooth consortium and uh, CERT, We provided them a set of uh, countermeasures, uh, both legacy-compliant and non-legacy-compliant ones. A legacy-compliant countermeasure is to fix the entropy value to 16, that is the maximum entropy value allowed by the standard, and this requires modifications in the firmware of the devices. Because another important uh, point about the attack is the fact that it is stealthy. Uh, the end user is not notified about the encryption key it is not notified about the entropy of the encryption key because this protocol is uh, spoken between the um, radio chip and it is implemented in the firmware of the of the radio chip so one way to mitigate the attack is to hardcode code 16 as the maximum and minimum uh, allowed value for the entropy of the encryption key and then you will end up uh, negotiating always the maximum amount of entropy. Uh, otherwise, a mitigation that uh, actually was also put in place by some uh, uh, vendors, such as I guess Microsoft, Apple, and Android, is to check from the operating system of the of the device, and, and not from the from the firmware, but from the, the operating system of your device, check the amount of entropy that was negotiated and then, uh, according to some threshold, then you can tear down the connection.
1: Yeah, I was I was curious about that. So, so it is possible to have a fix for this from the operating system side? So you might not necessarily have to update firmware on your keyboard or your headphones or other devices?
0: Yes, yes, th- th- that's what actually happened for some uh, operating systems, like uh, Microsoft, uh, uh, Android, uh, and uh, macOS, I guess also iOS.
1: In your estimation, what is the seriousness of this? Uh, how, how much uh, should folks be concerned about it?
0: Well, I guess, in my opinion, is a very serious attack because it is a standard-compliant attack. If your attack is standard-compliant, then regardless the Bluetooth version of the devices, regardless the uh, implementers of the devices, then uh, any, any standard-compliant device might be potentially vulnerable. So I guess that it, it is a pretty serious concern.
1: Now, suppose I'm someone who's in charge of security at my organization. What steps should I be taking to make sure that we are uh, prepared to defend against this sort of attack?
0: Ah, oh, yeah, that, that's a very good question. I I guess that you should check if your uh, operating system uh, already was already patched to address the knob the attack. If not, maybe not use Bluetooth to uh, exchange sensitive information. That's one thing that you can do.
1: I guess I mean, part of the concern with this is, is that there are so many legacy devices out there. Um, you know, it's hard for me to imagine people updating their their headphones or their keyboards or things like that. I, I'm trying to think of it, or even their cars. I'm trying to think of examples yeah. where Bluetooth is used in an environment where it's not likely that an operating system is going to be updated or, or things like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. But but still, you will... You... You need to have two victims, and uh, maybe your smartphone is more modern than your car, and uh, the smartphone can detect that the, the nova attack is going on, for example. So if one of the two victims has, has a patchable operating system, then uh, you, you might mitigate the threat.
1: So take us through the process of responsible disclosure with this.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, so the, we discovered the, the vulnerability in May uh, 2018 and then we wrote the first exploit around October of uh, 2018 and then we contacted uh, the Bluetooth special interest group and CERT and we sent them our report and our proof of concept uh, code and they took uh, our uh, work seriously. We presented the work in, in August. 2019 after almost one year of uh, of embargo and so
1: the organization had time to evaluate what you had done come yeah. up with mitigations and then spread that to all of the interested parties
0: yeah exactly so yes we behaved like ethical hackers let's say like this and we gave more than enough time because usually uh, you have to give i guess 6 months but we gave like 10 months to the industry to react, and also we we coordinated with them um, about the the, the security patches.
1: Now, have there been any reports of anyone using this technique uh, beyond your research? As far as I know, no. Our thanks to Danielle Antonioli from the Singapore University of Technology and Design for joining us. The research is titled Knob Attack. Key negotiation of Bluetooth attack, breaking Bluetooth security. You can find more on their website, knobattack.com. We'll have a link in the show notes. And now, a word from our sponsor, SpyCloud, the leader in operationalizing cybercrime analytics. Traditional threat intelligence is a thing of the past.